Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right. So we'll be speaking with the premier later on this morning. And we I know we've been keeping track of what is it? 100 days of action. What are we at? Uh, yesterday was day 53, so today is day 54. And, yeah, it's interesting. When, they, when the Premier first talked about 100 days of action, there was a bit of grumbling from some of the New Democrats saying, well, you know, he didn't really... Yes, he did. <laughs> and it's interesting. They've embraced it now. They, <laughs> yes. They, uh, on, on Friday was day 50, and uh, they said, okay, you know, his office came out and said, okay, we're, we're in the second half. Obviously, you don't fix everything in 100 days, but... David Eby did say that the way he should be judged, he repeated it again yesterday, is the public should see actual physical results they can see and touch and relate to. So it's not just plans, it's not just promises, it's not just things that play out down the road, it is stuff that's happening now. I think he's gauged public opinion correctly on that. The New Democrats have been in power for more than five years. Uh, They need to show results on some of the things that are in crisis now. So yesterday we got another announcement, the third in a series, going back to last April, on how the government is going to try to recruit more nurses. Okay. This is just one aspect of it, though, right? This is one part of the plan. Yeah, this is just one part of the plan. And the Premier was asked uh, yesterday because, uh, you know, on uh, on Friday, Adrian Dix basically came out and described a health, the continuing crisis in health care, uh, 111% occupancy in the province's hospitals, a lot of patients, uh, a lot of the surge space that they have, which is a nice word for hallways and corridors and cupboards, a lot of the surge space already committed, and uh, Dix was activating emergency operations centers to try to find space in the hospital. So, you know, it was a fairly candid briefing. And so Eby was asked yesterday, uh, sort of point blank, you're doing all this to recruit more nurses to the province, uh, to make it easier for foreign nurses to get to practice here, to offer incentives for retired nurses to come back to work. Uh, But how does that address the the current crisis, right, the urgency right now? And he came back and said, uh, we are actually, this actually will help right now. He said there are 2,000 nurses in the pipeline for assessment and approval and licensing. And he said um, they could be at work in B.C.'s hospitals in 90 days. Really? Well, that'd be dramatic. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> premiers do tend to overreach themselves sometimes when they're getting enthusiastic about what they do. And as the press conference, the media conference, went on yesterday, EB backed away from suggesting that all 2,000 could be practicing within 90 days. And he eventually changed that to some. But the really interesting thing on the numbers came when the health minister, Adrian Dix, was asked, so how many nurses will be practicing how soon as a result of these changes? And Dix is pretty cautious. I mean, he has learned to be cautious in healthcare all the years he's been doing the job. And he said, 
I'm not going to say how many we expect to be practicing as a result of these changes. Instead, he said, we will report when they actually show up for work because nobody knows how soon, how many will be practicing. Everybody accepts, and you just had the head of the nurses union, that this is stuff that has to happen and we need to do more to recruit nurses. But Dix is not going there and saying 2,000 or or even a dozen will be practicing as a result of these changes within 90 days. He thinks over time we will end up with a lot more nurses. But he said, wait for the numbers, wait till they show up for work. Also, something else that Amon Graywall said struck me, which which was the waiting list to get into nursing school. What about that? Yeah, well, of course, one reason why we're trying to poach nurses from elsewhere and persuade retirees to come back to work is because there's a lot of young people out there who want to become nurses and they can't get into the nursing schools because there aren't enough spaces, right? figure is 600. Graywall also pointed out that, you know, if you think of 2,000 nurses in process as a result of the government efforts to get foreign nurses practicing here, if you think of that, that 2,000 sounds like a lot, but she pointed out to you there are 5,200 vacancies in the system. So, you know, it's it's a big job, Uh, We need to make progress on it, but um, this is only part of the story. Um, Another thing, too, Simi, I understand that, of course, and we were told this yesterday, the other provinces are jumping on the bandwagon as well. They they see the same thing. It's a lot cheaper to attract a nurse who's been recruited somewhere else than put a nurse through a four-year training program here. So and it's faster, too. So... Other provinces are stepping in. They're offering financial incentives as well. Um, Sure, British Columbia would be a great place to come and practice nursing, but other provinces have some other advantages, not least housing prices. Uh, And so uh, we're in a a competition with other provinces uh, to do the same thing that we're trying to do here. Okay, so that we'll be talking about that this morning too. Yeah. Uh, one other thing we were going to talk about this morning, and I've been hearing more and more about this, but it, it amazes me, Vaughn, how quickly, uh, lightning speed, people can find loopholes with rules that they don't like. Yeah, the law of unintended consequences. Uh, governments undertake things with the best of intentions, uh, and something that they didn't expect happens. And a good example is the, the change on strata. So last fall, they announced that henceforth uh, strata uh, properties, they wouldn't be able to put up barriers anymore um, to uh, selling to families, uh, renting to families, but they exempted they exempted it. Um, they grandparented, if you if we're allowed to use that word. Um, they grandparented out uh, plus fifty five strata projects. So seniors only strata projects would not be subject to having to rent to or sell to young families to um, young people. And young people who want to start families, because that's one of the big things. You know, people move into the project, and then they decide to have a family, and uh, they run up against these rules. So uh, best of intentions, trying to open up more properties for rental, more properties for purchase, more properties for young families. We're starting to get reports, Simi, of strata councils meeting 
and reinventing themselves as plus 55 facilities to escape these rules. But how can you do that? If What if you already have people under the age of 55 in the building? Well, you could uh, grandparent those people in and say no more. Um, you could um, say uh, no sales and rentals to plus 55, which, you know, the exemption is there already. Uh, and, you know, we're hearing uh, there have been sort of, at the moment, we're still into anecdotal reports, but uh, Czech TV reported, Mary Griffiths reported uh, the other day that uh, there are a growing number of these in Greater Victoria, which, of course, is ground zero for, for seniors for any number of other reasons, but the word is getting around. I believe there's been a report out of Delta as well. So, you know, the government, they may have anticipated this. I don't know. Um, they may be thinking of this as a loophole that needs to be closed, but the consequences, and we're already seeing the complaints, is um, a lot of these uh, strata projects are slamming the door in the face of young families, uh, young people, and taking, and, and so the number of seniors only facilities is actually on the rise. So, how would you then close that loophole? It seemed like such a big one. Well, um, I mean, there's an old line, uh, NDP cabinet minister from the 90s, don't forget government can do anything. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could bring in uh, a, a, an amendment to the legislation slamming the door on senior conversions of stratas effective the date the legislation was tabled. So on that date, when the legislation was tabled last fall, the government indicated its intentions. And so the government could pass a law saying, look, the, the legislature's intention, the government's intention was that this process stop, and we're not going to allow a bunch of stratas to overnight reinvent themselves uh, when they weren't operating on those rules before. So an all-new building brand new strata would might be allowed to make itself seniors only, but existing practicing stratas that just suddenly overnight decided they were going to be 55 plus only uh, wouldn't be allowed to get away with it. And essentially the government would retroactively block that back to the day when the legislation was tabled in the House. And that's the sort of thing that governments do that might well stand up to a court challenge. And is this something that you feel like, are they going to have to do this, given all these stories that are coming out? I think we're just collecting anecdotes at this point. We don't know how widespread this is, but I'm guessing that because, you know, all these changes have to be registered, that, you know, maybe by the time the legislature sits in February, the government would have a good handle. I, you're talking to the premier today. Uh, I don't know if he's, heard, if he's heard about this and is already thinking about it. And the housing minister, uh, Ravi Kalon, has probably heard more about this uh, too. And the finance ministry eventually uh, should know, uh, is this just anecdotes or are there a significant number of these conversions taking place? All right, I'll have to add that to the list. Uh, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.